Steve's, however, are so unlike this. They're almost always accompanied by darkness and deception. Cloak and dagger, smoke and mirrors. According to 2 Corinthians 11:14, he disguises himself as an angel of light. Success to him means stirring up discord in your home, your church, your workplace, your neighborhood, and doing it in such a way that no one's even aware he's been in the building. He knows our natural physical response is to start coming after each other instead of him. Attacking and counterattacking, pointing fingers, assigning blame, while he sits out in the driveway monitoring the clamor inside, fiendishly rubbing his hands together, admiring just how adept he is and what easy targets we are. The false ideologies of the culture, obsession with appearance, perceptions of worth, the redefinition of the family, all of it have not been developed by chance. Don't believe it for a second. The temptations that appeal to your specific desires and the fact that they appear at your weakest, most vulnerable moments are not accidental. The disharmony and dysfunction that either blow up or simmer beneath your most valuable relationships are not coincidental. None of these things is a matter of happenstance. They are his deceptive tactics and that of his evil entourage. They are being stirred up in the heavenly realm and then manifesting themselves in the physical realm. And I say, if he wants to keep pulling this stuff, then we're pulling the gloves off and putting the armor on and focusing it all on him. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6, 10 and 11 that are worth memorizing and regularly reciting to ourselves. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might by putting on the full armor of God and thereby becoming able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And here they are, the needed weapons and protection for actively defeating the real enemy, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of gospel peace, the shields of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, better known as the word of God. That's some tough stuff right there. Heavy metal. on the creative warlike imagery to see the real staying power behind each piece of battleground equipment. Truth is God's standard the unchanging objective benchmark of the Bible by which we govern and align our lives. Righteousness means right living, the process by which we apply this truth to our lives and by his spirit produce conduct honoring and pleasing to God. Peace is the deep inner eternal stability the believer possesses by virtue of relationship with Jesus, a sense of balance that's not subject to external circumstances. It's also the quality that enables us to live harmoniously with others. Faith is the application of what one believes, the process of putting feet to our beliefs and living in light of it in practical terms. Salvation is both our eternal security with Christ, as well as the full inheritance we've been given because of our relationship with him. It includes our blessings, status, and identity. Everything we've received that enables us to live victoriously for him. The word of God is his present, relevant, personal word to us for today. The Bible may be an old book, but God's spirit makes it fresh, new, and alive for us.
resolved to use these weapons, weapons that are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of the enemy's plots. That's what 2 Corinthians 10.4 calls it. You can cut him off at the pass and hit him where it hurts. And again, the one weapon that ties this whole ensemble together, the one that activates and infuses our armor with the power of God himself, is prayer. It's prayer. Pray at all times in the spirit, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. The original word that is translated at all times in this verse is kairos, which refers to specific times, precise occasions, and particular events. In spiritual warfare, as we detect enemy activity and deploy the various pieces of armor, our prayers need to be fervent and specific, strategic and personal, tied to the specific needs arising at that specific occasion. That's the kind of prayer that energizes the armor of God for maximum effectiveness. Prayed with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Pray for you, pray for me, pray for all of us, Paul says, that we'll live with the curtain pulled back, able to spot the real enemy when we see him. And through the bold, mighty name of Jesus, pray that we'll live with our armor on and not let Satan's otherworldly forces wreak havoc in this house in this heart on this day. That's called being focused and strategic in prayer. And it works, I'm telling you. Physical weapons may work in physical battles. Stuff like trying harder, getting up earlier, moving across town to a new neighborhood, making him sleep on the sofa, giving her a piece of your mind. But this ain't no physical battle we're dealing with. No matter how much you may wish it to be, no matter how much better you'd feel if life was all five senses and manageable, we are at spiritual war. So we need spiritual weapons. And in prayer, in Jesus, with these weapons, guess what? You win. In fact, you've already won. Victory is already yours. Through Christ, Satan has already been disarmed and embarrassed. That's what Colossians 2.15 says overruled according to Ephesians 1 20 through 22. Mr. Philippians 2 9 through 11 says that he's been rendered powerless according to Hebrews 2 14 and all his hard work has been destroyed. That's 1 John 3. Now you can just walk in that victory and claim what is rightfully yours. Rest in the armor of Ephesians 6 and committed to the practice that activates our spiritual power. Prayer. All you need is one bullet trained on one enemy, tracing his one path as he skirts around corners and slithers up through the ductwork, finding any little hole he can squeeze through. Nice try, though. But your tricks are no good here. We are shutting you down, shutting you out, praying with full voice where you can hear us loud and clear. Now hear this, get gone.